Welcome, welcome, welcome to uh, another episode of Experience the Truth. Last week we talked about words. This week we are talking about prayer as Christians. Why is this, you know, a belief that we have that we can't communicate with the prayer? Uh, Some people think that it's reading off a laundry list of things that God needs to do. Um, Others, with the Calvinist view, if God is just going to do it, why do I have to participate with prayer? Uh, And then culture can look at it almost as like a crutch. And if it makes you feel better, just venting uh, to to yourself, uh, but make it like you're talking to God, if that helps you make you think you're not crazy, they see it as useless and it doesn't do anything. Um, So we're going to get to the root of that. And what does it talk about in the Bible? And, you know, what's the importance of prayer? And why do why do we pray? Why is it necessary as Christians that we engage in, in prayer? Yeah, isn't that funny? You were talking about that, and I was watching someone on television who's a a, uh, a vocal atheist, right? Doesn't believe in God, and and they're they're a news person personality, and they said uh, we asked that you know when we we're going in the war the war with the Ukraine was happening, they say whatever faith it is, you should pray uh, that that for the people of Ukraine, it, it's incredible to me because who are you praying to? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not prayer that we pray. It, it's not for prayer that we pray. Um, prayer, it, it, there's all kinds of prayer and ways to pray, and we're going to talk about that. But prayer essentially at its roots is connecting to the to the creator himself. It's, it's having that relationship with him and interacting with him. And, and it involves all kinds of things and there's all types of prayer. Um, but it was interesting to me that even the atheists are like, you should pray. Mm -hmm. bad. You know, it's getting bad when the atheist tells you to pray, (laughs) to pray. (laughs) Well, but to who, yeah, you know, you sit there and you think who God didn't really create prayer to put a stress on us. He created prayer so that we could take stress. It could take stress off of us Mm. that, um, you know, in Philippians four, it says, be anxious for nothing and everything by prayer and petition with Thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. Um, so the question I think is, why is it so hard? Why is it so hard for us to pray? And why is it that so many Christians are ignorant to the fact they're not dumb, they're not stupid, they just don't know how vital prayer is uh, to the life of a believer and how vital uh, prayer is? Like, if it's not if it's not got all the excitement and boy, I mean, even in this podcast, you hear it's about prayer. And, and, and I pray that as you're listening to us, that the spirit of prayer, that desire for it would increase in you, that you, that this would encourage you to say, I need to get back to seeking the Lord in prayer and, and, and making it a part of our life where Jesus said, when you pray, his expectation was that we would pray. He prayed and he was the son of God and in all of his perfection he prayed and not just prayed he looked forward to it It was what he did Uh, he went to the same place in Gethsemane and and he same time he had it said in his schedule that this was set aside to the Lord to interact with the Lord and and I think a lot of the stuff we're seeing that we talk about and the culture the moral culture of Christians that are younger and and it's even spreading to older is because we no longer read our Bible and we stopped praying because we listen to podcasts Mm -hmm. and YouTube preachers. And, you know, there's a thing that you said when we were in an all staff, um, you talked about, I wrote it down and I can't remember the second part that you said of it. You might not even have tried to, uh, to say it, but I remember like stick, I was like, wow, that is a really good statement. Cause I think that's where culture is right now, even with Christian culture. Um, it's, I mean, at least in America, um, that we're not here to have 
a cognitive revelation. We need to have some type of transformation. I can't remember what you said, mm-hmm. but even the point to like, it's not just about having a cognitive revelation. Like that's a, that's the first part. Like there's a repentance and a turn to change the way you're thinking. Uh, but you need the presence of God. Mm-hmm. You don't need to like, you know, it's great. You It's believing in his name and confessing that he's Lord. But if it stops there, you know, what's the whole, what's the point of Jesus dying on the cross? But to give you access to have a relationship with the creator and what people I think have sold themselves short. And I've, I've seen this a lot where they don't think that they can access that or they don't think that, you know, they have that idea where God's just too big or too holy or he wouldn't want anything to do with me. So they kind of almost limit themselves to just knowing about it. And but and they yeah. stop there. Um, I had um, and every time we're we're leading like I lead someone like in prayer or because my, my big thing and like obviously like as a pastor, I am not trying to get you to follow me. I'm trying to teach you how to follow follow Jesus. I, I've done a bad job. If you just have to come to me for everything, if you mm-hmm. don't get words from, you know, God right off the bat, even baby Christians can do that. And, um, I remember uh, a lot of times when you lead someone like in prayer, you, like a new believer, especially they get like nervous. Uh, and I, I've seen it like where they'll struggle. I'm like, Hey, bro, uh, Hey bro, can you just, you know, just pray for us right now. Let's, let's pray for that right now. And and they're like, I'll, I'll close my eyes and act like I'm not bothered by it or I'm not paying attention that they're struggling through it. Uh, but you can totally tell they're insecure and they're they're trying to like stumble through the words and they're looking at me like, am I saying the right thing? And um, I'm like, bro, just talk to your father. There was a this week, there was a guy um, at uh, at our basketball that we play, the pickup basketball that we play on Tuesdays, and uh, I told him about this. He was a Buddhist. And I told him that, you know, the different, I was asking him, what do you think the difference between you and me are? Cause he knew that I was a Christian and a pastor and he was a Buddhist. And, um, and so he didn't quite know he had some, you know, speculations of what I, what was different. And I told him, I'm like, you know, I don't have to wait to the afterlife to have some type of like, you know, form of energy or connect or reincarnate or like wonder where I came from. I, I know my creator. And I can talk with them. And that was the big thing he took away. And he's like, wait, you, you can talk with them. And so he ended up giving his life to Christ that night. And instead of me first leading him in that prayer, I let him, cause I made him aware that Jesus is here in the midst and you can talk to him right now. And, uh, but you have to ask him to come into your life. Like this is a conversation. There's nothing special about these magical words. And so he began, we, I remember we sat there for like five minutes me and uh, a friend of mine were praying for him, laying hands on him. And we sat there for like five minutes, but it, it was weird because it wasn't awkward. He wasn't saying anything, but you could feel there was something going on in his heart. And then I began to lead him in prayer. And he said when we were praying and he was praying that he saw a cloud and like he, 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 he thought it was wrong because he was a Buddhist. He's like, is this, is this weird or bad? He said that he saw a cloud and there was, he like was looking up, saw a cloud and it was breaking through and it was light that was like shining like on him. He's like, I could like vividly see that when we were praying and I'm, and you know, we, I'm like, I truly do believe that that was the Holy spirit, you know, coming to rest on him and welcome him into his life. And so there's that type of thing that I don't think people understand that they can have like, Hey bro, did you know you can communicate with Jesus. He wants that relationship with you. And I honestly don't think a lot of people understand that they can too have that besides being a pastor. Yeah. I, I mean, when the, like, there's a lot in what you just said. I mean, the, the fact of the matter that, that when you were praying, something came in and, and uh, happened when we pray that something happens, but that in prayer, something is transferred as mm-hmm. well. You know, I always say that when we pray, uh, we pray our prayer and why we pray. You know, people believe one of the reasons they don't pray is, well, God's going to do what he wants, mm-hmm. so why should I pray? You know, and I think that's more prevalent than probably anything else, yeah. that we think God's just going to do it anyway. 
So I don't need to pray. So when it doesn't happen, we really believe I prayed just because I said, this is what I want. So I'm kind of praying and then mm -hmm. it doesn't happen. And God's like, well, you never really prayed about it. You, you never lift. Well, God, if it was your desire and will, why don't you just do it? Well, it's God's desire and will that no one go to hell, that everyone would be saved. But we know for a fact that there won't, everyone doesn't get saved. Everyone mm -hmm. does not determine that. God's will, and, and this is, is bad theology begets bad beliefs. So if you believe that God's will is always done, that's bad theology because it's not always done. Will means desire. God's desire is not always done. You can look at the world around us. It was, it's not God's desire that people are being killed around the world. It's not God's desire that babies are being aborted. It's not God's desire in a lot of things. And, and so if you believe God's will is always done, I, I mean, we can point at hundreds of thousands of things that say it isn't always being done, that that when, when we were created, God gave us stewardship over the earth to rule and reign on earth. We participate with God to bring his will from heaven and release it on earth. There's this verse that says, what we bind on earth has already been bound in heaven, and what we loose on earth has already been loosed in heaven. Essentially, through prayer, what we're doing is we're reaching up in heaven, and we're taking God's will and desire, and through prayer, we're releasing it on earth, hmm. and we're letting it go on earth. So we are, in many ways, the portal of heaven to earth. The kingdom of God is near. What was Jesus when he came to earth? He was the portal of revealing the kingdom of God to the people who followed him. And he consistently prayed. He consistently entered the presence of God. And what he was doing and how he was doing that, releasing that power, wasn't just by preaching the message. It was through prayer, through prayer. It was, it was literally the act of it, interacting with God. So prayer is talking with God and intimacy and relationship. It's also doing warfare and, and intercession. And, mm -hmm. and again, when you hear intercession, we'll talk about that in a little bit. And what, what that is, it's also, it's also even that laundry list. So here are some things God, you know, as the persistent widow, God, uh, Jesus tells the story of the persistent widow that kept bringing things that she wanted the judge to do. And he said, in the same way, bring that before the Lord. I mean, prayer really is the primary, uh, it's communication between heaven and here. Mm -hmm. Imagine being married to your spouse and never talking to her or to him. Imagine you, you're, you're dating Bailey. Imagine Bailey, who you're in the boyfriend stage and I'm in the husband stage for 28 years. Uh, I could tell you that if you don't talk to your wife, for two years, she ain't going to be around probably. The communication is the glue that really keeps you together. It keeps you, and, and if we think we can have a relationship with God and never pray, it, you're going to eventually discover that you aren't, hmm. you aren't in relationship with God. Uh, that it's, it's that somewhere along the way you strayed from him. Yeah, I think it's interesting. Uh, that people understand that there's differences too. Like God has been showing me like in prayer more recently as like the years passed, that prayer is not just things I need to ask, mm -hmm. but there's that he's a source that I need to, you know, <laughs> receive. I, I tend to just, to me, a lot of times, if I'm being honest, I've, I've always had the thought that why, you know, sometimes I'm like, why I feel like prayer, this is just in my brain as a human, prayer sometimes for me, as I formerly believed, is a cop-out to actually doing something. Like, just do it. Stop praying for it and just go and do it. And now, sure, there's things where people use prayer as, you know, well, like things they know they need to do. And they're like, oh, I'll go pray about it just as something to procrastinate about and uh, be disobedient. Um, but that that's, was my mindset. And the thing that, and, you know, as I go on, I understand, obviously, that, that that's not the case. One being, I remember, and this is to the source part of it, like in his presence, that there's, he's not just, it's not always asking God for something. But I remember when um, it was at my old apartment, this was like 
two years ago and uh, I was playing, I was playing worship when I was in the shower and I got out kind of going about like my routine and just like going through the motions, getting ready. And then I remember um, there was a song that came on and it was a song in the album that I, it would be something that I would skip over because it's not, it's like kind of like an interlude before the album began. And it was, uh, the title was fill the room. And so he was praying over the album that it would like, you know, be anointed and it would touch people wherever they're at. And the whole thing that he was talking about was like, you know, strip away all our egos, uh, all the, there's no celebrity. There's no, like, it's all, he's basically all he kept saying was, it's all about you. It's all about you. He just kept repeating it over and over and he's praying and it's going to this spontaneous moment. And then it starts singing like with all the choir and they're talking about fill the room, fill the room, Holy spirit, Holy spirit. And, and they just keep like repeating it and he's praying to God. And I remember listening to that. And then as he's saying it, God was laying on my heart, some things that I had, that I was in ministry, but I had said a lot of things before him and he was taking the back burner. People would look at me and think that I'm righteous because I'm doing X, Y, and Z. But him, my, you know, you know, I'm an apprentice under Jesus. I wasn't spending time with him or communicating with him. I was talking about him more than I was talking to him. And I remember like being not like convicted, but not in a bad way. Like God was, you know, pressing on my heart. Like it's dude, like stop focusing on all this stuff. Like, where have you been? And I remember playing that song over and over. And I was like, I was crying like on the, on the, my bathroom floor. Like I just kept, I just kept playing it over and over. I put it on repeat and I listened to it. I was probably in there for an hour and a half, like in my bathroom. And I remember thinking like, I don't want to leave. I don't want to leave this presence. Cause like the presence of God was so tangible in there. I'm like, I don't want to just leave this, this presence and just go about you know, my, my, my day to day and become numb again. Like I just remember, I remember vividly praying like, God, I don't want to leave this. This is so amazing. Like I feel you're here. Like God, forgive me for focusing on all these things that don't matter. Ultimately, like this is what matters. Just sitting at your feet and in your presence and worshiping you. Um, and you know, like that's what it's, but that's what it's about. Like, I think people have, you know, well, and I think, that. yeah, and I think those are moments where you look to and say, "Oh Lord, I want one of those moments without ever setting aside time in a day yeah. to consistently come before the Lord and pray." Mm-hmm. You know, when Jesus was in the upper room or in 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 the and right before the crucifixion, he was with the disciples in the upper room uh, with the Last Supper. There are three chapters in John where Jesus talks to the disciples before he goes to the cross and and uh, in chapter 14 it says and i will do whatever you ask in my name so that the father may be glorified in the son you may ask me for anything in my name and i will do it well that's mm-hmm. an incredible promise yeah. that comes through prayer that we jesus doesn't have a doing problem we have an asking problem oh that's good you know He's fulfilling his promises. We often don't hold them to them. John 15, 16 then said the next chapter says, You do not choose me, but I choose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. So whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. Hmm. That we're to pray in prayer. And then in the next chapter, in verse six, chapter 16, 23 and 24, it says, In that day you will no longer ask me anything. Verily, very truly, I tell you, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name until now you've not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. So why in the world would we not ask in Jesus' name? Like, why in the world would we not go and pray? All Think of all of the stress that you're facing in your life, and you're wanting God to do something, and we go, God, do something, and, and sometimes he does. But but I think a lot of times what, what needs to happen when we get overwhelmed or we're going through a moment of distress when you get away and you begin to pray, and, and a lot of times when I do that, I pray in the Spirit. I, I pray in my spirit, my heavenly language. And, and when you start, it's hard. 
it, it's an exercise. It's like going to gym. You got you to open the door to get in. They say the, lo- the heaviest weight you lift in the gym is the front door. You know, you, you have to open the front door and enter into prayer. And then there's a time during that time where all of a sudden, okay, now it begins to flow and it begins to open up. And, and God takes and what prayer does. And when you're with it, if he reveals himself to you, your problems get a lot smaller. Yeah. Uh, everything else gets a lot smaller and, and you begin to believe because it's incredible how, <clears throat> how when you believe prayer makes a difference and you pray, there's hope that changes on the way. Hmm. But when we're not praying for it, it's hard to find hope that things are going to change when we really are not praying uh, for the things uh, that we're looking at. When you said, um, you know, our problems get a lot smaller. I, uh, someone had talked about this where you start with worship. When you start with worship, you're, you're giving him like, you know, ascribing worth and you're recognizing all that he is. You're, you're, you're listing a lot of times in worship songs that list the attributes of our God. How great are you Lord? And, and you're going down the list. And as you begin to worship him, then you start and you enter into prayer because now you got right perspective. You give him your burdens and then you come from a place of like, I, I believe you can. And I, and the, one of the things I love too about, um, you know, when they use like when worship songs or when, when t- someone talks about, man, the, I'm, I'm calling on the God of, there's a song, I think it's an elevation song. It's like, I'm calling on the God of Jacob, uh, the God of Abraham. Like, I think that's so, I get goosebumps when they, like when you, when I hear that, like the God of David and you, and you think about all these guys in the Bible and these people, like I'm talking to the same God that raised Jesus from the grave, the same God that was with Abraham and Moses. Um, and these incredible things that happen throughout history, like that's the same God that I get access to and uh, can call on it and when I you think look that, back. But that's often overwhelming when you don't have a prayer life to think that's mm-hmm. even possible. Yeah. I think most people who doubt prayer are people who don't pray. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it goes without saying, right? If you don't believe it will make a difference, you, why would you do it? You have a lot of other things to do. And we get so preoccupied. Um, so like to be a follower of Christ, you mm-hmm. have to know his voice. Jesus was very clear. My sheep know my voice, and when I call their name, they follow me. You mm-hmm. can't be a follower of Christ, which is what Christian means. Christian, the word means follower of Christ. You cannot follow Christ if you don't know his voice, especially in all the voices in the world around us. We need to be able to discern what the voice of God is and what is just noise and mm-hmm. what is distractions and what is trying to lead us astray. So going into prayer and and learning to decipher between what is the voice of God and what isn't the voice of God and, <coughs> and, and the frequency God speaks to us in, because prayer is a two-way street. Yeah, we I know a lot of people think prayer is just a matter of lighting a candle and then going telling God what we want him to do <laughs> and, and, and then walking away. And if he does it, and that's fine. If he doesn't, with no faith that God's going to do anything, uh, the Bible says, come boldly before mm-hmm. the throne of God and make your request so boldly before because he is your father. And that when we pray and and there must have been something incredible about Jesus praying because the disciple says, will you teach us to pray with that same kind of of, of fervency, with that same kind of confidence and faith that that, you know, in, in their mind, they're like everything is a formula. And there was no relationship with it. it. To them, a very religious type prayer is just formula prayer. It's just tell us what he wants us to say and we'll tell him. No, <clears throat> nobody likes to be patronized. But there's a lot of people when they pray, they patronize God with their prayer. Oh, you're a mighty God. Yeah. <laughs> you're a holy God. You're a That's wonderful good. God. And we think because huh. we're using words huh. that he wants to hear that we're giving glory yeah. to God when we're not giving him anything but patronizing him. Yeah, we're, okay, I'm going to manipulate you and I'm going to tell you yeah. what you want to hear so I get what I want out of it rather than, than seeing him for who he is and saying, no, no, God, you are incredible. You're, you're incredible. And, you know, when, when the presence of God comes, 
even when we don't feel the presence of God, he's still there. Mm -hmm. Even when I don't physically sense the presence of God, he is still there. Mm -hmm. And to be able to have that kind of faith, to talk to him and say, God, I know you're here. And I know not only that you're here right now, what I'm asking you is often even what you want to happen. So I'm coming into agreement on earth with your will in heaven. So now my will is your will. And what your will is in heaven is going to be released with my will as I pray and I call upon you to do something on, on earth. It, it, it really is. And there's a story I think I got to put along with that. I, uh, and I've told this uh, in our Life Hack videos. And I think it goes, it just was a great revelation for me. Uh, it was a Sunday afternoon and I'm, and I'm praying for somebody who's coming to our house that night for a meeting. They're one of many people. And uh, just started praying over them that God would protect them and keep them safe. And just that's what I felt like the Lord was putting on my heart. And then they show up first, actually show up first at my front door and let them into the house because we were meeting at my house. And I asked them, you know, the Lord really put a burden on my heart to pray for you. And, and they didn't say anything. It wasn't until a couple of days later that the wife actually came to me and says, we didn't want to tell you anything, but here's what happened. And there was a an act of road rage on the highway, and it actually shook them up quite a bit, and they just didn't even want to talk about it when they got there. And um, and I thought to myself, how incredible is that? Now, think about this. It was God's will that they would be protected. But he moved on my heart to pray for them out of the blue, to pray for them. If God wanted to protect them, why did he need me to pray for them? There, there, I think in many ways, God honors and respects the position he's given us on earth to rule and reign. Yeah. That he doesn't micromanage. Mm-hmm. That he moves in our heart to, to pray for people, to protect them, because that's his will and desire. And so when we don't pray... How many people are left unprotected that we think because it's God's will and desire, he'll just protect them? How many people, if that were the case, why would we pray? Mm -hmm. Why would we do that? How many people are left unprotected because we don't move in prayer, because we don't believe in prayer? So in one way, prayer is communicating with God. Prayer is bringing requests to God. Prayer is doing war in the spiritual realm for things to happen on earth as it is in heaven. And, and we're, and we're actually doing battle in prayer. And, and for many people that's intercession and intercession is, is when you get into this place and there are people with a gifting of intercessor, maybe you're an intercessor and you don't know it, but when you begin to pray, you just get lost in it and you begin to fight and battle in prayer and you fight and and you almost lose track of time and as you're fighting and fighting and fighting and then boom something happens and you know okay it's been won where there's a release in you and you know that that's been won mm-hmm. all happens through prayer so for the new believer and someone trying to figure out or someone who's been doing it for a while maybe the religious dance how would you uh how would they first be able to put be put in a position where they are able to hear God's voice like what can they do at home like on their own and and how do they distinguish if it's God's voice yeah you know what's interesting to me is um so this is a great question God wants to talk to you that's why he gave you ears and Jesus consistently said he who has ears to hear let them hear. Like God wants to have a relationship with you. He sent his son to die on a cross in order to do that. So um, when, when you begin to pray, just talk to God about what you would talk to anyone else about. Something interesting. If you were to go to a pizza place and just sit down and talk about the what, talk to God about it. Hmm. He's a friend. It's amazing how we think the only thing we can talk to God about is some deep spiritual thing. There, yeah, there's a sure. couple of things that we do. That, that The only time, that, and this is so crazy, we think the only time God talks to us is to tell us what we're doing wrong 
and to tell us what to do. Yeah. This is what I want you to do, or this is what... How dysfunctional is that? That, it, quite frankly, if, if the voice is coming to you and it's always telling you what you're doing wrong, that ain't God. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the one who condemns. That's the one who attacks you. And, and there are some people, believers, Christians, that will hate what I just said because they firmly believe that God, the Holy Spirit's there to tell me what I'm doing wrong. Do you really need someone else, God, telling you what you're doing wrong? I think you already know. I think you need someone that encourages you and picks you up and lifts you and brings a breathes life into you. And so when you know, you know it's God, you know it's God speaking to you when, number one, you feel life. Uh, because the words of God, when God speaks, he breathes life in you. He encourages you. He picks you up. And, and, uh, and, and so you know it's the Lord when he does that. And does the Lord lead us? Yes, absolutely. He gives us direction, and you follow because you know it's the voice of the Lord. But I think it's very important to guard your heart that you're not getting caught up in thinking when God speaks, it's only spiritual things. Like, uh, there are times where I've been praying, and uh, I'll get a reminder, oh, yeah, I need to take, make sure I take care of that today. And then I'll yeah. write it down, and then I'll say something, oh, the devil got me. And there was a moment when, when that thought, this has happened for years, where, oh, the devil's distracting me again. I'm such a driven person that the devil distracted me. And, and, and I said that one time, Lord, help me to stay focused. And the Lord said, that wasn't the devil. Hmm. And I got a new revelation of who Christ is. He's a friend. He's my bridegroom. And if I were talking to my wife and we were in a conversation and she remembered something that I had forgotten and she said, oh yeah, don't forget to take the trash out or don't forget to run over there and do that or don't forget to call that person so that they need, that's the Holy Spirit being a friend saying, make sure you write that down. That's important for you to cover that it's not just at working at a heavenly level that he works in our day-to-day level, that God talks to us about what our days. Man, she wasn't very nice to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that that was God saying, I, I can understand why that would hurt your feelings. That, and we're like, God, I know. Can you help me deal with that so that I don't, you know, that, 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 that he's a friend. And I think the reason why so many new believers struggle with interacting, and even longtime believers, and talking and communicating with God is because they think they got to have this deep theological conversation with a God that just wants to be practical with them. For real. Yeah. I think that's so interesting when you say that, like when you talk about, cause I can be like, when I was thinking even about myself, I'm like, yeah, I, I do have a lot, you know, I feel like sometimes it's all gotta be spiritual. I'm so serious sometimes when I'm talking, um, there will be times though, where I'm like, man, God, this stinks right now. <laughs> You're just like, it's not like, oh, I'm on my knees and I'm like, oh, this is terrible. Sometimes like, God, can you help me? Like, just tell my attitude. I'm really struggling right now. Yeah, just... I, I mean, and, and that, and you just prayed. Yeah. Like right there, that was prayer. Yeah. Lord, right now, you know, help my attitude. I'm struggling right now. If you're a new believer, listen to this. If, you're, if you know, man, this isn't who I want to be, God, help me to be different than this, who yeah. I am right now. Don't let the enemy condemn you and attack you and think that when, when condemnation, shame, and guilt, <coughs> anytime you get a word or hear something that breeds condemnation, shame, or guilt, that's the enemy because that's what he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Christ comes to bring life. Mm-hmm. That's how you know the difference between the two voices. That's good. The, you know, um, you know, there was something I was just going to bring up, and I and I forgot because, dear Lord, help me to remember what I was just going to say. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't plan that. <laughs> the the uh, you know when when you think about prayer and and you're talking to God about anything like like anything you would talk to anyone else about. Oh, I I remembered it. He helped me remember it. Here it is. You know, I I heard a story by Glenn Shepherd, guy worked for YWAM about one of my contemporary heroes whose name was um, Corey Ten Boone. And 
and uh, that she was at an event and the pastors that were at that event said there's a brother they had another pastor who's dying and they asked if she would come with them to pray for him and so they went to the hospital they walk into the hospital room and all the pastors kind of gathered around him and Corey went into the corner and she didn't say anything she just started uh, she closed her eyes and, and you could, they said she mumbled, she was mumbling a little bit and they were waiting for her to actually lead the prayer. Cause it's thinking Corey Tin Boone mm-hmm. and, and she's mumbling and then she starts giggling and she starts saying, Oh Jesus, you're so funny. She has broken Dutch accent. Oh, you're so funny. And she's laughing and she's laughing and giggling. And she said that went on for minutes. And, and then she says, Jesus, I know Jesus. And she was having this actual conversation while they're standing there and they're watching her interact and they're not hearing any voice. It's not an audible voice that everyone hears, but she is interacting with, with, with Christ in this moment and then stops, looks up at them and says, oh, don't worry, gentlemen, he's going to be fine. And then goes back to praying. The man was completely healed. Hmm. It, it's, you know, I think a lot of times we pray for things we should wow. be declaring over. Hmm. Like we're praying for healing, which is great, but we should be declaring healing. That's a good thought. And, yeah. and, and we should understand that uh, that those things were already purchased. So we mm-hmm. declare the things that yeah. were already done on the cross. We're not pleading yeah. for that. I think that's, I find myself doing that sometimes where, you know, there's there's things that, you know, when I'm praying, I just find, you know, there's something that rises up in, in me and it's like, no, I see this is the way it's, it's going to be. I'm not asking, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not talking to God. I know that I have the authority. And so there's some things where I can claim that because Jesus has already given that to me when he was, when he was dancing, when the disciples mm-hmm. went out, like, I don't need, I think, and I, I struggle with this. Sometimes I I'm pleading with God, something he's already given me when I should be claiming what's mine and stealing back what the enemy took. Right. Where I'm, we're, we're, you know, claiming life. Yeah. You know, he, if you believe, as I do, mm-hmm. that he purchased healing on the cross like he purchased your sin on the cross, then I don't have to plead him to forgive my sins. Yeah. I declare that over the activity of my life. I declare that over the sickness that's trying to afflict the people around me and over my life. That prayer, and but, but when we plead, when we beg in prayer, essentially what it exposes, because it always tells us something about where we're at. It really exposes the fact that, one, we, we're, we're struggling with believing God's a good God, or we're struggling to believe that God hears us, or we're struggling to believe that God actually did that. Uh, it identifies what, you're, what you really believe, where your faith is at, and, and it exposes that. And so uh, when we pray, you really have to stop and ask yourself, how do we pray? Mm-hmm. And what manner, because it's the prayer of faith that healed the sick. Hmm. It's, it's believing that's already been done. So I declare that mm-hmm. boldly over it. And then I move on and, and activate in relationship with God mm-hmm. and, and talk to him. And I mean, have you had moments? And, and this is what I guess I think if, if, if our prayer life, if, if my prayer life looked as some prayer lives look, I probably wouldn't pray either. Hmm. Because it's so stinking boring. Yeah. You know, the prayer time was never intended to be boring. I don't think when Jesus prayed, it was a boring event. I think the disciples experienced boring prayers and they saw how much fun Jesus was having praying. And they said, can you teach us to pray like that? Because when we do it, it's not very fun. Yeah. Yeah, It's like pointless and empty. But we want to have prayer a time where there's life. There is a, you know, I, 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 this is not, you know, a story I share a lot because sometimes I think it's, I think it's, you know, like dumb or I'm like, ah, oh, maybe that wasn't, or I'm, I'm like, I just, I overthink it mm-hmm. uh, too much, but it actually was, you know, a cool moment. And I remember my mom always sharing it and I was embarrassed about it. Cause I'm like, oh, people are going to look at me weird, but God did something when I was in fifth grade. Um, 
so I was, I loved reptiles and lizards. And I, so I had, I always had a lot of like lizards and stuff when I was growing interesting. up. Interesting. Yeah. Um, Explains a lot. I'm an interesting type of guy. Yeah. I'm Steve Irwin. Um, and I remember I was playing, I was playing with this lizard, uh, and it was like a smaller one. And so it was kind of a little bit more fragile and it jumped, it jumped out of my hands when I was showing my friend and it, I, I remember this, it jumped out of my hands and then it wasn't moving. It like was on the ground and it was not breathing. It wasn't moving. Homeboy was dead. And I remember my mom was on the phone. She was in the kitchen and I'm running up to her. I'm like, I'm trying not to cry because my friend's there and I'm not trying to look like, you know, a wuss. And I'm like, oh, like, oh no, like my, my lizard. I'm like, oh, he's okay. And I'm embarrassed because my friend, like, you know, just saw this. He jumped out of my hands. And so then I'm go to my mom and I'm like, I'm like, mom, like, like Lucky's dead. And, um, and she's talking to my grandma and she's like, oh, like, I'll go get a bag uh, for him. And, I'm, and I remember getting, like, getting so mad and I'm like, no. Like, let's pray for him. He's going to come back to life. And I'm like, God can do that. And I remember being so frustrated that she didn't believe that. And I'm like, what are you talking about? We're not putting him in a bag. He can, let's pray for him right now. <laughs> and so, you know, I began to pray for him. And then my mom is still on the phone and it starts like twitching and it starts moving. And the thing came back to life. And my friend that wasn't like a believer or anything was tripping out. He was like, what the heck is going he, <laughs> and my mom was like i remember she hung up i I, re, I remember this it's like a it's like a movie in my head and i was like yeah like what do you why were you surprised like it was just so like simple to me and i remember um my friend and i was you know i was kind of shy and so i remember him like being so like shook about it we he was like when we were sharing you know about our weeks or whatever our weekend he brought that up in front of the whole class and I could see everybody looking at me weird. I'm like, eh, it was no big deal. Or and my mom told people at church. And so they were bringing me their kids and wanted me to pray for them. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know how to like, I don't know what I'm supposed uh, to pray. So I just sat there and, and put my hand on like kids and, but it's like simple stuff. And what God showed me with that before was something I was embarrassed about. Cause I'm like, Oh, that's dumb. Like, but God cared. I was a fifth grader mm -hmm. and for my lizard that people would be like, Oh yeah, just go get the bag, throw it away or whatever. Like God cared enough, like for a fifth grader for that heart to believe that he mm -hmm. would accomplish something. Um, like there's nothing like, you know, our, our God is so personal and so like, you know, generous, uh, with, you know, letting, allowing us to have access to that, that power. It's incredible. But well, and, and I think because, you know, a lot of times, like when I do counseling with marriages uh, or people, I'll say, you know, really the answer is prayer. And, and it's almost as if I've told them there's no hope. Yeah. You For know, real. It's yeah. like, no, give me some cognitive thing that I can do yeah. or think or behave in that mm -hmm. will help this change. Because I don't believe prayer can actually change um that and that's why so many marriages are in marriage they get in marriage fights and they're arguing is because they don't trust prayer to change the heart of a person and and what we fail to understand that christ is the source to our transformation sure. not our our willpower mm -hmm. and and if your spouse is going to change they are not going to change because you've convinced them to put more willpower toward it they're going to change because god uh uh, interacts with them and does a, a work in their heart and allows them to see things differently. Mm -hmm. And and so, you know, you, you, if you're in a marriage issue right now, if you have a child that's struggling with suicidal thoughts, and and don't underestimate. In fact, you cannot overestimate the power of prayer. Uh, and what it does mm -hmm. uh, in a situation or in a person's life. And, and um, you know, whether it's praying for, uh, you know, something that I think is, is incredible is there's, there's times where we individually pray, and then there's times where we pray in agreement. And where one sends a 1,000 to flight, two sends 10,000 to flight. I think the other thing that is so important is that we do come together in agreement when we pray. And even in if you're a part of a church, you should be part of community prayer. 
time and in coming together in agreement. And and what's interesting to me is in a lot of prayer meetings, people just go sit in an isolated place all over the sanctuary. Well, that's not a prayer meeting. You could do that at home. Mm. A prayer meeting is when you all come together in a group and you say for the next few moments, we're all going to pray together and agree together with what's being prayed. And, and there's power in that that's released when we pray together for things and we believe that it's going to be done. Yeah, that's good. Well, we, um, we cover it. We covered a lot. Um, I think there's, there's, uh, a lot of practical things that you can go home and do right now. This is not something that you have to wait. I got to wait for a church service to go do this. I have to wait one, go to community prayer, uh, two, enact it by by yourself that you have access because of what Jesus did on the cross to boldly approach his throne. Um, you know, start me in a simple steps. What I do, I'll throw on music because I get distracted a lot for me personally. And so my own personal thing, I'll put on worship music, whether it's in my car uh, or sometimes, you know, I'll take that time to literally just pray in the spirit as I'm driving from place to place. And I have someone on my heart and I'll just begin to pray and I'll use the whole trip to pray when I'm in the car or I, a lot of times, even when I'm in the car, just that relational prayer where I'm just talking to God and, and just thanking him for everything he's done and just, you know, talking to him how good he is. There's, or if you're at home, throw on on YouTube, play some Maverick city or play like elevation or some worship song, uh, and begin to praise him and then let that lead into you, uh, praying and having that relational prayer. Um, but it just starts with just do it. You know, just stop thinking well, so much. Yeah, I, I take think the first step. Th- you don't need to do a, a, an hour prayer meeting. You start yeah. just talking to the Lord. You know, the Bible says to pray without ceasing. Mm-hmm. Uh, God's with you all day long. Yeah. So mm. if if you have someone with you all day long, you're talking to them all day long because mm-hmm. you're together. Because what else are you doing, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think you're talking all day long in relational prayer, but it's so important to find a place mm-hmm. and a time where you yeah. you set it aside. And and what I would encourage you to do is get a, a book, a journal. And, and in that journal where you need to see some miracles take place, just start writing down what, what are areas of your life where you would love to see God journal, uh, prayer request in the book. And and it's important to journal it. And here's why God often will answer prayers that you forgot you prayed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so you don't think God answers prayers because you've forgotten that you prayed it. He did something and you never stop to celebrate. You're on to new prayers. You're on to new things. Mm -hmm. So by putting those things in there, the one thing it does is it keeps it consistent so you can be persistent. Yeah. When when you look it up the next day, you open that up and you're like, yes, Lord, I pray for this. And you begin to call on God and you go through that list of things where, Lord, here, I'm just going to call out to you. And you don't have to spend a lot of time in detail. Um, I'll pray through it often quite quickly. But if I'm praying, when I bring up that person's name or that situation, the, the Holy Spirit gives me something specifically to pray on, I'll pray that. Uh, there's times where I'll just call out things you know, there's a scripture in the Bible that says, call things that are not as though they were. And mm-hmm. uh, I pray for a number of people who I know are going through marriage issues at Bethel's Rock right now, and they're on my list. I pray, th- I call out intimacy that's not present in the relationship. I call it out as though it were. And, 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 uh, and, in, and essentially, uh, as I go through it, uh, uh, I'm just asking the Lord, will you do a miracle in this? And will you do something supernatural in this? And then I come back to it. And what I've discovered, even as, as I've done that, there are things I've written off, checked off the list because I've seen God do it. And mm-hmm. then I get to thank God for the miracle he did through that prayer. Um, and I've had people, I've prayed for, we have a thing called the prayer of three. Three people that we want to see saved at any given time. You should always have three people that you're praying for to come to Christ. And that list has flipped over a number of times in my life where I have prayed them into the kingdom of God. And then God replaces them with more. Um, So that when we get to heaven, 
we don't end up in heaven never leading anyone to Christ or having no responsibility of leading someone to Christ. How horrible would that be? God gives you 70 years of life and no one comes to Christ? That, that would not be something I would want you to have to experience. And, but it starts with cultivating their life in prayer. And so, I, you know, as, as we come to this end on prayer, I, I just want to encourage you, if you've not done it before, to start praying. And, and, and don't worry how it sounds. There is, in fact, if somebody prays and it sounds really good and artistic and wonderful and beautiful, God probably gagged on it. I'm just saying. Uh, God's not interested in the well-crafted um, uh, prayers that have no heart in them. Mm-hmm. God, God created you with a mouth to speak to him. God just wants to hear your voice, and God wants to have interaction with you. And so however that starts, the more you begin to pray, the more you'll know his voice, the more you'll interact with him and see him the way he is. He will take the stress out of your life. He will build you up. That's not going to come, though, unless you start praying, because that's where it really begins to occur is when you start praying, and then you start to hear his word, and you start to interact with him. Um, So there are a few things that we should do right off the bat when we come to Christ. One of them is without question prayer. It's, it's absolutely something that we need to start doing at the moment we give our life to Christ. So that's, you know, let's start that today. When you're listening to this, whether, whether it's like a month from now or a week from now, uh, or you're listening to this right when it comes out, uh, on Thursday, uh, I pray that you would do this. And I know that you will encounter a real God that, what are what is your aspiration for praying? Is it to manipulate him so you can get something else, or is it truly to get God's heart? Yeah. Uh, because if you draw near to Him, He will draw near to you. I've seen it time and time again, and I want more than anything. Uh, that's why I went into ministry. I want more than anything for you to experience a real God, because a real God changed my whole life. I knew about him in a book, but when you get to know him as a relationship, it'll change everything. So we pray that this this blessed you guys, um, that you found this helpful. If you have any questions, like always, uh, it'll be in the description. You can email me at pastoralex uh, at bethelsrock.org. We would love to answer any questions, hear praise reports. Uh, we want to know... Uh, you know, what's going on in your life or, or the questions that you got, because ultimately this is uh, for you. And we hope this is is helpful. But other than that, have a blessed week. Get connected to God and we will see you on the next episode.